Alrighty, the Creedcast here. We're going to talk about some rule changes and all that fun stuff in a little moment, but just wanted to say a quick word of support for um, Sam Palpepper as well as Paddy Ryder as well, a former favourite of ours and still, well, still a favourite of ours and a former Port Adelaide player who did a lot for us. Um, two blokes that are um, just taking some time off from footy to uh, take care of themselves and it's um, a really big thing and something that we should be uh, fully supportive of is the, the fact that these these guys do feel comfortable to come to their clubs and say, "Hey, look, we're not we're not doing right. Um, you know, we need some time to reset and get things right in the mind because that is um, uh, as as big a health concern as anything. You know, like we we all feel comfortable to say, "Hey, look, we're feeling sick today," but then for some reason we don't don't do the same thing with our mental health sometimes, and it's really important that these blokes uh, feel comfortable to do that and are supported in it. So it's um, um, and particularly with uh, Port Adelaide at the moment um, as. Sam Powerpaper is still a port, port player. We should be fully supportive of it and um, in his journey and getting back, getting his head right. And, um, yeah, I wanted to say a little mention that um, it's been a little bit annoying. Um, the media coverage as it came out that he was, you know, had, had went out to WOMAD, I think it was, on the on the Saturday night and then had a few friends over. And um, the media, the way that they've spun it is, you know, there was a big advertiser headline on their um, Facebook, which, you know, the advertiser what it is what it is but um it was really disappointed to see how it was like a picture of power pepper and um just saying he's partied the night before and making it all about that and you know it's it's they're already kind of digressing away from the issue at hand which is his um, mental health which is really important and those kind of headlines don't help and i'm really just um disappointed and um the main paper here in south australia not surprised but disappointed that that's the the direction they've gone with that story and um i think we just should all remember that the the core of the issue is sam palpepper's health and and his well-being and um and he's certainly doing the right thing by taking some time off but it's um yeah let's focus on the right things and not and not let those media stories get spun the way they are and and the facebook comments that come out of that um i had a quick look just to <laughs> to um, confirm my suspicions that they'd probably be as as ridiculous as they as they were, and they were. Um, and it's just disappointing that that those kind of headlines bring that kind of stuff, and that's that's why uh, media has more of a responsibility to do the right thing rather than what they did in that story. But yeah, my main point is let's um, yeah let's just support. Don't don't go speculating. Just let them do what they need to do. Give them the space to breathe and the space to. Do whatever needs to be done to get right, and um, yeah, that's what we what we want for Sam Powell Pepper. He's a great player, but he's he's a great person too, and we should um we should uh, respect that and and his wishes to take some time away and get better and not and not pile on with the, with the crap that's being spun at the moment. So yeah, let's let's um leave them be and get right, and he'll be back with us in no time and ready to help us go for this flag tilt in twenty twenty one. Look at that. Alrighty, Creedcast, as we heat up for the um, 
start of the season coming uh, very, very soon now. It's um, late Saturday evening here on the 13th of March, and uh, this time next week we'll be all tucked in bed, maybe, um, and getting ready for the uh, first game of our season on Sunday, the Sunday the 21st. But um, yeah, this, the AFL season itself will be uh, well in swing by then with the, you know, the traditional... We've got the uh, Thursday night matchup, and then we've got the uh, weekend kicking off on Friday and into Saturday. So, plenty of footy coming soon, and um, there'll be plenty of there'll be a bit of a few more podcasts coming this week as we um, I start to get into talking about some of the seasonal expectations and all that fun stuff. You know, just just predicting stuff that probably you know well beyond predicting Port to be fucking amazing. Um, just you know making predictions that'll probably make me look silly later in the year, but. Um, yeah, nah. Looking forward to just doing what doing the it's the fun time of year this time of year just to throw your predictions out there and, and and be excited about the season. You know, everyone's on the same footing, but you know what's really great is Port Adelaide are in a really good spot to genuinely be a challenger this year and and be right at the top. So that is exciting. But before we get into um, all of that, um, there's a little matter of um, some rule changes, which you know every year there's little tweaks and tweaks and stuff like that and. Um, remains to be decided on a lot of them sometimes, but there's been some in recent years that have been uh, quite quite successful in, in moving the game forward, some not so much. Um, I don't know if there's been one as that has just ignited a preseason like the standing on the mark one has this, this year. So to get right, right into it, um, the standing the mark one... So. I don't, I don't know what to what we were expecting from this preseason because it was always going to be a weird preseason. It was going to be shortened and we were expecting two games at one point. We were going to Wyala for a game, all that stuff, you know. It was like everything was happening and then, you know, suddenly it got shortened to one game and we thought we were going to West Coast and then and then all the travel stuff happened again. It was like, no, nah, you're just going to play the team that's closest to you, which for us obviously was Adelaide for a couple of games, um, which went quite well. Um, but the thing I think we were all expecting, you know, just a preseason um of just you know a normal preseason is just watching watching your team and seeing how they look and and you know whatever rule changes happen it's usually this one like it's usually just this and debate out there and it's all you know but it's not as this one the standing rule standing the mark rule has really ignited the media and the fans alike and the players and coaches as well everyone's talking about it it's been an amazing thing to <laughs> heat up the preseason media cycle um, as opposed to what it probably would have been if it was, um, you know, if it was just the rotations, you know, which I'll get to as well. Um, maybe there'd be more talk about that. And there is certainly a lot of talk about that. And I'll actually kind of probably make the point, and I think that one's the one that I might end up being the one that's on coach's mind a little bit more than, than the stand the mark one. But um, yeah, the standing the mark one, just because of the visual um, aesthetic of it, I think has certainly ignited, you know, fans watching and um, you know seeing the egregious uh, interpretations of it at, at times. And I think that's probably the major thing. Um, so I think we'll get to that now. Is just talking about why it seems to be hitting us so hardly. So there's a couple of things about the stand the standing the mark rule that make it so. Um, sharp and harsh on the viewer and the and the and probably the players out in the field too but for us I think I think this is why this one has been such a big one is because as a fan we notice it more um straight away than the the interchange rotations that we'll get to like the stand one obviously we have just the fact that the players have to stand there like a statue and it's kind of aesthetically uh shocking to an AFL fan that's so used to the kind of the way a player moves and does what they do on the mark 
Um, then we've got the umpire yelling, stand, stand, and it's really harsh and aggressive. And I think that's probably the thing that's made it so jarring for us as fans um, straight off the bat. Is one, it's changing the way the game, obviously changing the way the game is played um, from those situations. But then it's just, it is jarring to watch and see and hear. And and that straight away is like, all right, you've got, it's got your attention that way and you're going to be more, you're going to be watching it more and looking for it more because it is just there. And then and then we have the interpretation of it and in, in I think it was a Frio West Coast game where the player turned, kind of turned his back and stretched his legs and boom, there's a 50. That is the uh, probably the crux of the issue at the moment for a lot of people is its interpretation. I don't think the rule um, for me, I'd, I'm not sure if it was necessary anyway, but for me, it's not actually, it hasn't bothered me probably as much watching. And maybe it's just because I was watching Port Adelaide play the Crows and we were just dominating him anyway. So maybe that helped me. Um, you know, I'm not a huge, I don't think it was a necessary change. Like it's not a necessary change, but um, the rule hasn't bothered me as much. But like many things, many rules um, that are changed here and there, um, what bothers me is when the interpretations of rule changes are, um, you know, the on-field interpretation. It happens in um, all sports around the world. Is like interpretations of fouls, interpretations of, um, you know, uh, clear goal-scoring opportunities in Premier League, for example, or something like that. You know, there's there's interpretations of how a referee sees a situation. I think that's what's going to be the major issue. Um, at the start of seeing, look. We're going to have to accept this rule because I think it's going to be around. And there's going to be a tweet, I think, is and you know they're already talking about how um, such is the response it's been <laughs> been to recently um, with the, the trial matches that there is going to be some tweaking and whatnot. But um, I think that's what it what is going to be the biggest issue is its interpretation because I think um, at its core um, it doesn't need to be much of an issue and there needs to be some variance or allowance from umpires but that's the problem in those situations is there wasn't the allowance what's interesting to me and i'm just going to go back to the af is it, now this was on afl.com.au when they announced the rule changes back on the 18th of november this article from uh, on damian barrett on uh november 18th 4 20 p.m 4 20 what up um so they've um announced the rules in an article with damian barrett on the afl website and it does mention that um this rule, this standing the mark rule, was going to have a one meter level of tolerance laterally off the mark before play out. Like so, there was there was meant to be a level of tolerance um, before the free kick is called or the fifty meter penalty. Sorry. So, but I don't know if I've seen that at times. Like the fifty meter penalty seems to be called very very quickly. And so, again, this is the interpretation issue that we're going to have, and I think that's where the AFL probably has to get a little bit clearer with their umpires. But then this is the thing is, well, as soon as you start adding interpretation, it's like, well, what's the interpretation of what a meter is on the field? You know, like, is everyone viewing differently? They might, you know, unless you have, like, a ruler, a real-time ruler, then it's all interpretation anyway. So this is what happens with rules like this, unfortunately. In all leagues and all leagues around the world, every sporting league that has these kind of rules that are somewhat interpretations and level of tolerance and things like this is it's going to create these issues. So what we need to do is just make sure, um, you know, and maybe this is why um, this is 
probably why my thing with a rule like this is it probably should have been trialed um, for a proper preseason at least, you know, and then not brought into the actual season and then trialed again the next preseason to make sure it's kind of working the way they want and players have got time to get used to it. But then, you know, sometimes you do do just have to, you know, buck up and shut up and and get it in there and make and because the only only way teams are truly going to learn is to uh, uh, get the rule out there. But it is one that I can. Um, I'm not supportive of the rule change. That's not what I'm saying. But it's one that I'm kind of trying to just get my head around because I think it's just going to be here anyway. So I feel like I might as well just get used to it and work out how we can get it better. Um, and I think um, there is other things that they can do is probably um, actually to support the players that are on the that are standing the mark is probably give a little bit more um, be a little bit more harsher on players that do you know you know when a player takes a mark and they look like they're about to play on and they they balk and stop maybe we need to be to because that might be when a player that's on the mark um, thinks they're going to play on and get it called and then there's a 50 or I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work out in the in the future, long run, all that stuff. But I just think there are ways that the, we can change the interpretation of it slightly and just and support both and the players on both sides a little bit more, and and that'll get the game moving faster anyway. If you if you're really a little bit more uh, strict on what is a play on, um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure where I am at with the rule at the moment, but I think it's um, for me the big thing is the interpretation needs to be a lot clearer. Um, and they need to go back to that. That level of tolerance thing needs to come up a little bit more because they seem to be really making them, um, you know, the statue standing that's really going on at the moment. Whereas the way I read that rule change and out announcement back in November was that there was going to be a level of tolerance. So, but they, you know, I'm watching, I've just thrown the replay of the trial match on again just to kind of visualize it as I'm talking about it. And, you know, the players are really having to stand there like statues and not move and... Um, you know, it it is a fun part of the game when the players, you know, jump around and carry on at the mark, and you know, it's a weird thing to be taking out of our game, and it's I think it's one of those unique the the standing the mark thing and the way it has been for you know eons in the past is 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 a real interesting aesthetic of the game, and they've taken that away, and you know, it remains <laughs> just watching again as um, yeah, Shane McAdam just is a look kind of moving laterally a little bit, and then you can see him get the call and. And suddenly stands still, and so it's going to be an interesting one. Um, and then I was watching there, so uh, I can't couldn't quite, can't quite name the Crows player that was there, but he he did move slightly one way before play on was called, and it wasn't there was no fifty given. So look, there is the umpires. You know, as I'm watching this replay again, there is moments where there's a little shift shuffle of the foot that they won't they haven't punished with the fifty meters. So you know, maybe they're they maybe they're learning. Um, and and maybe it's just situational. They haven't quite noticed that shuffle of the foot. Who knows? But um, yeah, it is going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch um, going forward in this season. Early season is how the interpret uh, interpretation of it is called because I think it's going to be a big thing. And um, probably my last thing on it: fifty meters does seem to be an incredibly harsh penalty for a, a, a some minor indiscretion of movement on the mark, um, particularly. And this is the one that people have talked about a lot is the fact that what it what happens when this is like, you know, a close game, an important game, a final, who knows, um, and there's a 
you know, someone just moves a little bit or that and they and it's an overly zealous umpire and call that they call the fifty and, you know, take a forty five meter shot on an angle that, that, you know, might have been a real tough one all the way up to the front and, and, and a and a gimme goal that's um you know, could be a momentum swinger, a sealer, an after siren winner, who knows? It just could be something that um, you know, I don't know what the the alternative is, whether it's the time to bring in the twenty five meter in um AFL, I don't know, um, but it's just it seems to me that they should this should have been trialed uh, far more than it has been, just to see how it actually affects the game because we've only had you know a trial game that none of us were privy to beyond um, watching on a stream and then and then one a uh, one proper preseason match, um, so it's an interesting one to just throw into the mix, um, and I. Th- think what bothers me more than this one is the fact that it's been thrown into the mix with a major um, change in rotations too. So we'll get to that now because that's the one that's really, um, really interesting to me. So the rotation has been um, reduced from 90 to 75 this year. Um, I've got a few problems with this. Um, I think, first of all, like first point, um, we've gone from, we've just gone through a pandemic year where a lot of things have changed to get through the COVID season that it was and who knows what kind of COVID season this will be, but hopefully with everything we've learned over the last year and how the AFL has adapted and, uh, and the, and the country in general has done a really good job, but like we should be hopefully looking forward to a great, um, relatively, um, you know, blemish free, uh, AFL season as far as stoppages and starts go, um, in that sense and, and just being completely unprepared for a pandemic. But, um, We've just gone through that year where, you know, after we had that stoppage um, after round one last year, we uh, the AFL instigated some changes, you know, reducing the amount of rounds. I think that might have even happened before that round just because they were in preparing for it. Um, but, you know, going down to 17 games and then they went to 16-minute quarters, so cutting, cutting um, 16 minutes out of the game, basically. Um, so we've gone back up to 20 minutes. That's fine. Like, I'm happy with that. I wanted to go back to that. Um, just for me as an AFL, it's just, you know, I want, I want my 20 minute quarters, you know, sort of grown up with it. I'm just used to it. I want it. Um, and you know, you kind of feel like oh, I'm going to a footy game. I want my, I want the full experience. I want my 20 minute quarters. Um, but, um, going from, so teams got used to, teams had a hell of a hard year last year. We, the season finished later. Um, so the, you know, this year's preparation was already off kilter. Um, we're going back up to 20 minute quarter, so it's like, okay, teams are going to track back to getting, you know, getting a team through 20 minute quarters, which should be doable and fine. That's good. Um, but then you reduce the, your rotations by 15 as thought, mm, you, that's playing with fire. I don't like some coaches are incredibly worried about injuries and all that kind of stuff. And look, I'm not saying that I'd, I've got as much worry in that sense, but I feel like that you are putting a, a heavy strain on, on team. Like I feel like the AFL this year is really having a, whether they took last year's opportunity of changing rules because of COVID as a way of like thinking they could push through a bit more this year. I'm not exactly sure, but I, uh, I have issues with this kind of um, putting these two rules in as especially, I think, I think the rotations maybe should have been left at 90 for this year um, to see how the team's, go with especially with you know we don't know if we we're all hoping that we don't get any stoppages and all these things but we don't know what could happen if there's little 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 just you know those these snap lockdowns we've had in a lot of states over the last um 
two months, you know, Adelaide had it in November, W had it just a, f- a month ago maybe, um, Victoria's had some little ones and New South Wales back in December, January. You know, we don't know what kind of little moments we might get this year and we, we're we all hoping and, and, and confident there won't be, but we may get those little moments that cause little adjustments in the schedules and that might be when that 75 rotations really starts to hit, um, especially with some teams, you know, if they're on short, short turnarounds and, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting one. And I just, my belief is that the AFL probably should have, um, it wasn't the necessary move for this year when you're trying to come out of the COVID year that was um, and increasing, you know, you're saying to teams, okay, we're going to go back at the 20 minute quarters, probably just leave it at 90 rotations. Um, it just it seems like this is the one that I think has got coaches more concerned than the standing the mark one um, for me because the standing the mark one everyone's going to have to deal with the same rule and that doesn't have any um, it's going to have a a big change to the aesthetic of our game and like I said it's been one that fans and fans and media alike have really clamoured against because it is the one that we really notice but I think behind the scenes and um, in you know club rooms and and coaching, coaching meetings around the country at the moment, we're still there, still trying to figure out how they'll... I don't, they're, they're, look, they'll do what they do. They adapt. Um, you know, rule changes happen in all sports around the world all the time. Um, you know, there's, you know, once upon a time, you couldn't pass back to the goalkeeper in, in um, soccer. And uh, back in 92, then they changed that. And now it's just and now it's just normal. So, sorry, you could. And then, you know, you can't. So, it's like these rule changes happen in all sports around the world. And... And we adapt and we survive and we get through and, you know, 10 years down the track, you go, oh, shit, yeah, we didn't used to do that. But um, I think it's, and I wouldn't mind probably if they went, the, the 75 rotation thing happened um, with how professional um, and fit our sport has gotten. You know, it's not the kind of move that I'm against. It's just um, this year I worry about teams, you know, football departments have been stretched over the last year with redundancies and, and you know, trimming of staff just to get clubs through to survive and you're just trying to build back up again and you know clubs are still struggling a little bit and trying to get work their way out of this post-covid world as far as the afl is concerned um and just to have and so to have this kind of rule thrown into the you know, everything going on and and this is the thing the players are gonna have to get used to the the 20 minute quarters again and all that and you know sports science will figure it out but you know it's it's still a work in progress thing and and particularly um you know we don't want to see star players getting soft tissue injuries and stuff like that do does happen when you when you stretch players a little bit and i think we've seen around the sports world a little bit injuries that over the um last year with different in different sporting codes around the world that have seemingly been like you know just just overuse in short times kind of kind of injuries and it's just it's it's just a worry you don't want to you don't want to see the sport impacted um overall over overarching from too many injuries so um and particularly from a port fan point of view i don't want to see our team um that is our team that um you know on paper is incredible and and uh, well not just on paper on the field as well but um you know on paper should be you know challenging and and the depth that's there uh, we should be fine with some injuries here and there, but if you get a swathe of injuries uh, due to some overuse and, and, and fatigue and all those kind of things, it'll be it'll be interesting um, to see how teams battle. And we're all in the same boat. Everyone's going to have 75, um, you know, 
uh, rotations, so it's not like everyone's going to have to deal with the same battles. It's just, you know, you don't want to have to deal with that, um, deal with those worries. So it's just coming out of the COVID world and all that. I just, it just seems like it's a one step too far in trying to um, change the game while we're still trying to recover the game from what was um, an unprecedented year of, um, you know, survival and turmoil, but also, you know, also just a real, real successful year in, in battling through as well and getting and getting a result out of the year and um, and some growth for certainly our team, but this ward as well. So um, just to, just too much reaction to, um, you know, a year that was, di- was just unlike any other. So I don't know exactly where I stand on, well, I, I know I'm, on this one, I'm absolutely should. I think it should have waited for a year and then um, and evaluate evaluated. And I think um, and I think the the stand rule should have been um, trialed more and and just to see how it goes. But look, it's it's here to stay. I think anyway, and we'll we'll, we'll roll with the punches as they come. But yeah, um, it's it, it. I'm surprised by the AFL doing so much coming out of this uh, COVID year that we've had. But, you know, the AFL is going to AFL, so. The thing that's been really interesting with these rule changes as well is the um, coaching responses to them and what different coaches are saying about them. And, and surprisingly, some of the, some of the you know, veteran coaches out there are saying some things I just don't, I just don't agree with. Um, um, Alistair Clarkson in particular, I think, um, he said that in regards to the interchange rule, like he thought because of fatigue and the fatigue factor in... Um, teams at the end of games you could have a team that has a five goal lead at three quarter time and because of the fatigue of their team they might not be able to hold that league and that lead that lead um and it, it surprised me that he that he took that i understand where his head's going because he's like oh if your team has kicked out to a five goal lead at three quarter time but they've got nothing left in the tank then the other team might be able to overrun them but then i'm thinking i don't think teams the other teams is going to be you know, biding their time um, and have that much more energy to run down a five goal lead. I think they'd, they'd probably be, they might be on their heels a little bit as well. So, and beyond that, I don't like, AFL history is littered with, um, you know, fight, got comebacks from five goals down at three quarter time or more, less, whatever. And, you know, teams that get out to six goal leads a quarter time and then get it clawed back and, and like it's not unheard of for a team to come back from five goals down at three quarter time. So why would it be any different in this with seventy five rotations? It's like actually not the tack to take if you if you're trying to um, raise some issues with the the rotations. I think saying oh we might not be able to hold a five goal lead at three quarter time isn't the tack to take because that's just something that happens in in footy. If footy it's happens all the time. Um, you know more the more often it should. You know I've seen support against what was it against Hawthorne back on um, that Anzac Day game back in 2015. Um, you know, cough up a lead almost at the end there when they kicked out to seven goals early in the game. And, you know, it's just something that happens in footy sometimes. You know, teams teams do have runs and it's a sport of momentum sometimes. And teams have runs and then the other team will have a run back. And, and you know, it's just you've... It's down to the coaching and the players to hold that five-goal lead and it's not going to be down to rotations. You know, it's both teams are going to be... It's not the other teams getting the 90 rotations. They've got 75 as well. And if they've been battling away to try to keep you to only five-goal lead, then they're probably going to be a bit knackered too. I can't imagine a scenario. And if they do happen to come back from five goals down, it won't have anything to... You, your team might be knackered, that's true, but they'll probably be 
knackered as well and it'll just be that they've just gotten a run on and it won't be I don't think it'll be that drastic of a thing that it's all down to the rotations for some reason that your team is tied out completely and hasn't been at a hold of five goal lead like that something else has gone wrong as a part of that because uh, the other team has had to deal with the same situation too so it's an interesting tax for me from Clarkson. I think he was more musing about, you know, things that could happen, but it doesn't actually make much sense when you kind of look into it a little bit more. And look, um, he's <laughs> he can't argue with him much um, with it, the success he's had, but, you know, that just wasn't the tack to take. I think it's the rotations thing is going to be all about it's just actually going to be more of an issue with, um, yeah, muscle injuries and stuff like that over anything. And actually keeping players um, fit, um, you know. And I look at I was watch, just watching Ryan Burton tackle just now, and a really good tackle too. Um, you know, it's players like that that we're going to, you know, that have battled injuries over the years. And uh, um, get into the preview stuff this week as far as podcasts go, and talk about Ryan Burton because I'm really excited for to see how he goes this year, looking looking fit and everything. But um, you know, I want to see guys like that stay on the field. So that's where my concern with rotations is. More than anything, um, certainly not. Um, if we have a five-goal lead at three-quarter time, and we cough it up, I won't be blaming rotations. I'll be blaming. <laughs> I'll be blaming something else, because you know, rotations are not. Uh, we shouldn't be coughing up a five-goal three-quarter time lead. And look, we've co- coughed them up back. You know, back in the late nineties, I remember us coughing up some big leads to Brisbane um, and drawing a game. I reckon. Um, so it just it just happens sometimes, and you can't. The rotations won't be the issue. Um, so yeah. Sorry, Clarko, not for me. All right, so the other one that's come up, and it's only come up in the last couple of days, and I haven't even looked up where it's at as far as um, coming, being if, if it's going to be a rule or not, but um, it's come up, it's kind of an 11th hour thing from the coaches is um, the consideration of a concussion sub for 2021, and I guess going forward as well if it works in 2021, but um, essentially having a 23rd player named as your sub but not like the sub of old, but a sub that a player, and I guess it's kind of like traveling emergency in a sense, in essence, but they're, they're actually available to come onto the field if required, if a player of yours gets a concussion. Um, I am all for this um, as someone who strongly believes that um, concussions is one of the issues going forward that we're really going to have to battle um, having kind of, I lived in the US for five years and it was right at the time, that the, you know, from 2009 through 2014 where, you know, the concussion issue in the NFL really came to the forefront and all sports as well. Um, and it's something that the AFL is going to have to contend with more and more as uh, uh, there's a lot more stuff, research coming out about the effects of the AFL on um, a lot of players. And, you know, I remember hearing stuff like John Platten talks about how he's just his memories and his just some daily life activities sometimes they're a struggle because of the foggy brain kind of stuff that he's got and I can't I can't even imagine what um kind of issues he's going to have continuing down the track and that's and that's a worry when you see those guys that we all lauded back in the 80s um for their tough toughness but then we see them now and you know dip is the same and there's a lot of players that are genuinely going to have some struggles in life because of the lack of awareness of concussions at the time so and head injuries and all that stuff and how that how that affects your longevity of life. So it's an important thing for um, a, a duty of care uh, of the AFL to take care of the AFL, the, our players now, to make sure that we don't, one, you know, endanger their career now, um, where they're making, you know, this is their time to make hay while the sun shines, as, as 
you know, businessmen in their chosen field. And then um, furthermore, for their longevity of life uh, going forward after AFL to make sure they actually have a long, healthy life. So there are some, there are some issues to look at with the concussion sub. It's interesting, though, because we've seen um, the response from, and I think <laughs> I don't like to pile on people on Twitter, but I did shoot out a few tweets from the Creed account last night when um, Tom Brown, um, everyone's favorite AFL journalist, um, was tweeting about the, the concussion sub stuff, and he was just some really, frankly, strange tweets about how um, teams would, you know, oh, we've got to make sure they don't take advantage of it. And, you know, he even said something like, oh, it's not to mention that the player that runs on fresh is even at more risk of concussion. Like, for some reason, being fresh and not at game pace means you're going to get a concussion. No, that's like, that's muscle injury territory or, you know, that kind of stuff. But you're not going to get a con- concussion or a contact injury. So it was really weird and strange. Um, that that tweet, that later one was yeah the strangest one. But the the issue that teams might take advantage of, yeah, it's a good one to raise. Um, not for him to raise. That's what you raise the coaches raise and work out how they do it. Now the way that you do it is have independent doctors. <laughs> it's a very I- easy one actually. I mean the one thing is, um, oh actually his tweet was that you know. If they dis- if a team decides to say oh this player's concussed just so we can get the sub on because they're they're um, and get some fresh legs on and they might you know rot the rules that way but then he said something like oh who cares he responded to someone um, who said oh you know a player would have to would be out for twelve days if they were deemed to have a concussion because that's the ruling the AFL and Tom Brown said something like who cares if your twenty first player on your list um, is subbed out with a concussion it's like you know, a lot of lists, the 21st player in the in the team of a, of a fit squad is still going to be reasonably important, particularly with Port, or, but it doesn't always mean that the person they sub out is automatically going to be, um, you know, the 21st best player in the list, you know, because you've got <laughs> they're not just going to take someone off and say, oh, they've got a concussion because they'd have to, they'd have to be an incident to instigate that. And I just don't get how you could think that we could be rorted because, you know, a lot of times concussions are very obvious um, things. And particularly, but beyond that from Tom Brown, is that that would require independent analysis um, to make sure it's a, a viable system. Um, and that's the, something the AFL would have to consider is that that's an extra cost for them. But um, honestly, if you want to have a sport, a professional sport, you should be, those are the costs that you need to be incurring to make sure your sport is safe and... and um, legitimate in in its efforts to be a healthy sport as well and be a be a beacon going forward because if you want AFL to be a sport that all your kids are playing you need to um, make sure that the concussions are taken seriously so uh, all it requires is independent analysis on the sidelines for those independent doctors to say yes or no he's got a concussion and then there you go there's there's the sub if they don't if they say no he doesn't then you don't get the sub and if they say yes he does then um they get the sub, then that plays out for 12 days. And it doesn't always mean it's going to be the 21st best player on the list. It could be, you know, it, it could very well be Travis Boak or, um, you know, Alir Alir or Zach Butters. You know, that's not always going to be the 21st best player on the list that's automatically going to go down looking like he's got a concussion. So really strange kind of takes from um, someone who's, <laughs> for some um, strange reason, uh, is very powerful in the AFL journalism world. But... Um, you know, concussions need to be taken seriously and those kind of weird takes are, are not doing the discussion any favours and particularly, you know, if it was some random accountant Twitter doing it, that would be fine. But it's um, when it's verified um, journalists that a lot of people 
follow. Um, it's an interesting one. So um, I would say that it's a that out of all the rule changes that have been brought up, the concussion sub one is one that makes a lot of sense for me. Um, it's one, something I've actually talked about that they should have in a lot of sports actually um, is a concussion sub protocol. Um, as as already been talked about, you need to have to make sure it's um, a legit s- system with independent doctors and and not team doctors, and then and then you have uh, you know even independent analysis could still be you know thwarted by you know you could have you know worst case scenario or if you're really conspiracy theory minded, you could have someone hand over the you know the the gra- a few greenbacks and and get someone on your side in that sense. But then you, you've just got to have like kind of like salary cap rewarding. You have penalties in place for if the off chance that someone does really try to bend the rules somehow and, and someone does get found out to have somehow been, you know, thwarting the system to get get subs on the field. But like it doesn't even make much sense for a team to try that because you're, your best chances of winning are going to be with a selected 22. Um, if a player gets injured for any, in any other way, um, it's not going to, and they, you, you're not going to be able to turn a hamstring injury into a concussion. Um, if particularly with, um, you know, verified independent analysis, they're not going to, you know, <laughs> the field of, the field of medicine is one of integrity, um, in general, obviously there is exceptions to any rule, but, um, I would imagine that, um, independent analysis like analyzers for uh, concussions would be you know there would be a lot of um making sure of their their integrity and and things like that and that's just the process we'd have to trust and this process you have to trust with any 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 kind of rule changes like this is that we have you know checks and balances in place to make sure these things work and that's and that's going to be a thing going forward with a rule like a concussion sub is you're going to have to trust the process and make sure it works and i can't i can't imagine it being you know, if a team was repeatedly having a concussion sub every week, then you start looking into it. Or if um, it happened in a strange circumstance, there'd be in you know, be, be you know, discussions about it. Kind of like any high-profile sporting scandal around the world, you see, you see they do uh, a fair bit of analysis to make sure it, um, it the guilty or not guilty about it. So, for me, I don't have any issue with a concussion sub. As long as obviously the checks and balances are right, and you've got independent doctors, you know, I don't, I don't think it should be a team doctor making that decision. Um, you can have team doctors assess them and say, look, I think you might be, you think you might need to go to the independent blokes over there in the tent, you know, or something like that, whatever they do. But you know, that that that's my thoughts on it, and um, I think for the you know the you know integrity of the league going forward, the AFL as the the beacon of Australian football for everyone around um, Australia and the world, indeed. Um, and just sport in general needs to take concussion seriously and make sure that we're doing the right thing as far as um you know awareness for these kind of things for you know we don't want to we don't want to continue um going down the you know kind of toxic masculinity route of saying toughen up you know toughen up princess get out there you know if you've got a head knock um we need to we need to take care of people better and um and make sure that we're um you know preserving both the longevity of their career and the longevity of their lives, um, with making sure that we don't don't miss something when when it's and when it's there and obvious. Um, you know, th- th- these are important issues to raise, and you know, I'm really happy that the concussion sub thing is being discussed, and it seems to be genuinely discussed. So, you know, I do, it is something I would like to see come in. 
Um, I don't think it'll be that much of an issue. So, yeah, let's bring it in. Let's get it going. Alrighty, so that's about it for um, my rule changes kind of kind of thoughts. Um, it's a little bit, it was a little bit rambled and varied at times because I was um, I've had to be in the end of a long twelve hour work day and came back home to record this one. I was like long, a bit longer work day than I was expecting and um, and I got a lot of thoughts rattling around in the old noggin about rule changes and and kind of my thoughts on the standing the market and all that is still convoluted at best because um, you know. I don't want to be the one that's just sitting there going, this is terrible because I want to just, I try to look at things and try to see the other side and see, just try to see what they're going for and, and all that. So it's like, um, and I, you know, I just love this game. So I try to try to see the best in it at any given opportunity, but I'm also, uh, I'm also am skeptical about how it's going. So um, as far as these rule changes, but look, Porter playing well, that's <laughs> the main thing. Um, super, super excited to see. And I think, um, I think probably in closing thoughts, um, I do think that the way Port are built at the moment, and we're probably built in a way that is is best at, um, at you know, just with our high skill levels at the moment, that we are going to kind of ride the wave a bit better than some teams will with the rule changes because both we're incredibly fit, um, we're incredibly deep as far as it comes to um, the rotation issue. And then as far as the standing the mark thing, I think we're such a quick team that we might be able to close space um, pretty well. Because I think that's going to be the issue um, for some teams is closing the space and uh, with with how teams can ch- kind of um, you know angle the kicks a bit better with you know the teams not being able to cut those lines as best with the with the standing the mark you know there the, the will be that more space and for us uh, when we have the ball to move into and take advantage of and then when we don't have the ball I think and I think that Crows game really showed. Um, yeah, and look again, crows. Um, for better, you know, <laughs> we're all happy with how the crows look at the moment and and the talk about them. But you know, there remains to be seen how bad they are in comparison to the rest of the competition. Um, you know, all, all reports are that it's you know it's a two way race between them and the kangaroos for the bottom spot. But you know, and we'll find out this week with the kangaroos too. But um, you know, I think with port the way we play on both you know both with the ball and without the ball. Um, we're built to be able to withstand kind of a rule change like this a bit better than most. Um, uh, you know, just like I said, the depth and the space and the and the pace in the team, we can um, close that space, and we did really well against Crow. So look, I'm um, and as I said, as I watch Alia Alia take another mark in set mark, that's the thing too is just we're kind of built to press high, which is what you know is going to be needed a little bit more, I think, with as as a way of countering these rules is going to be you know there's going to be teams going to press a little bit and um and we're built that way too which is really wonderful that it's just kind of serendipitous that it's worked out that way that we just the way we're built at the moment is probably as best as you could be to withstand such a change in the rules so um yeah that's really the closing thoughts on it i think um and yeah concussion and Look, the concussion sub thing um, would have been, you know, when we look at um, you know, the end of Brett Ebert's career last year and, you know, things like that, you know, his, his career, um, you know, that courage and, and we and we go see going forward with Xavier Dersma who's had, you know, already had an issue with it. Um, we want to see those kind of guys protected a little bit more and, and not have to feel like they have to go back out in the field if there is an issue like that because it is, it is rare that a player goes down with something like that, so... I do hope we do see the concussion sub thing kind of worked at and and brought in. But yeah, certainly as far as the other rule changes go, as far as as much as we're all uh, debating it and all that stuff, I think um, Port will be just fine. And and our hit our 
destiny this season won't be determined by rule changes. Um, <laughs> um, knock on wood. I, I, I say that and then immediately think oh, it's going to come back and bite me in the ass. So knock on wood. Um, I think we'll be fine with the rule changes and, and our destiny will be defined by um, just how well we get everything that we have that is really, you know, we're a really great side and a really high, highly skilled side with a lot of potent weapons around on both ends of the field and as well as through the guts of it. So I think we're going to be just fine. Um, and yeah, our destiny will be what we make it, not what the rules make it. So yeah, alrighty. Um, that's just about it for us with this episode. I'm going to come come at you with some, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with a few preview pods just talking about the actual team and how we're looking going into the season. Getting super fucking excited. I'm cracking a beer out of my King Charlie stubby holder right now and just just really, just really, now that it's under, you know, just about a week until um, the eve of our first game, but under a week until we can actually start watching some AFL footy proper um, and see uh, how the other sides are starting to look and just start watching footy again. Um, yeah, really excited. Uh as I mentioned, the King Charlie Stubby Holder. You should get on the site if you want one of these. Beautiful little things. Highly high quality stubby holders. They'll withstand an absolute barrage of um, beers or sodas or whatever you want to drink out of it. Um, like, you know, whatever you know, whatever your beverage of choice, um, the stubby holder will work for you. So get on the Creed 1870.com and um, get around the merch on there. And, and there'll be some new stuff coming soon as well um, now that we're settled back here and getting getting around and getting used to getting fired up for the start of a new season so yeah yeah and thanks for listening and uh follow us on the socials facebook instagram twitter find us at the creed underscore the creed on instagram and twitter um just the creed on facebook look for the logo and yeah the creed 1870.com uh for you know our website there's not you know there's the the merch there and um, that's about it at the moment apart from a little bit of podcast host and and ways to contact us but yeah there will be more coming soon so really excited to get into it and get into this wonderful season of 2021 where our hopes are high i'm really excited we're all excited um everyone should be excited season is just about upon us let's get going cat dog